tomorrow's Valentine's and you know, it may be pagan, it may be whatever, but you know what? We take advantage of the chocolates, the marshmallows, and the flowers, and the good time, and I just want to just share something from my heart with you today, but I want to start off by sharing a few things with you. Listen to this. A little boy asked his father, Daddy, how much does it cost to get married? And the father replied, I don't know, son, I'm still paying for it. <laughs> a, young, <laughs> a young woman was taking an afternoon nap after she woke up and she told her husband, I just dreamed you gave me a pearl necklace for Valentine's Day. What do you think it means? How many of you dream interpreters are here? He said, you'll know tonight. That evening, the man came home with a small package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it up only to find that it was a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> here you go. A couple came over. <laughs> a couple came upon a wishing well. The wife uh, leaned over, made a wish, and threw in a penny. The husband decided to make a wish too, but he leaned over too much and fell in the well and drowned. The wife was so stunned for a moment, then smiled and said, hey, it really works. <laughs> First guy came up to a buddy and said, you know what, my wife's an angel. His buddy said, you're lucky, mine's still alive. <laughs> Here's some of the worst things you can say on a first date. I used to have a real... I used to have a real bad bedwetting problem, but for the last couple of weeks, I've got it under control. I know that we just met, and it might seem a little sudden, but could I borrow $500? I had a good time tonight. I'd love to see you again in six to eight months with good behavior. Listen to this one. Two women friends met on the street, but they haven't seen each other for years. As they are talking, one woman notices that her friend has a five-carat diamond ring and says, my, what a magnificent ring. Her friend replies, yes, it is unfortunately comes with a curse, comes with my husband. Boy, that's something, huh? The boring husband said, honey, why are you wearing your wedding ring on the wrong finger? It's because I married the wrong man. <laughs> Aren't you glad this ain't about you, Amen. <laughs> Don't marry the person you want to live with. Marry the one you cannot live without, but whatever you do, you'll still regret it later. And here's a good one. A man is incomplete until he's married. Then he's just finished. <laughs> All that's just joking aside. Y'all know it's not true, don't you? Amen. Oh, boy. Well, you'll be shouting by the time this is through in the name of Jesus. But we want to fall in love all over again. The thing about it is, is that you find as you've been married, a number of people here, some have been married 49, 50, 51 years. Uh, once you've been married a number of years, the longer you're married, there's layers and there's levels of love and layers and levels in relationship. And what's wonderful is just staying together to experience every level and every area of love. And I want to share this scripture out of Romans chapter 8, 38 and 39. And I want you to see this, and I want to study this. I am absolutely, I want you to hear words of love so many times. And I'm going to be talking about, as I was speaking to my pastor this week, Tuesday uh, and, and Thursday, he, he speak, every time we speak, he speaks about my parents, especially about my mother. And he said, you know, Russ, you had such a standard to look up to. And that word standard stuck, up to him, stuck out to me, and, and I studied it, and that's something I want to bring out today in falling in love. And I want you to see the standard of God's love. It says, 
I am absolutely. Somebody shout out absolutely. This word is used twice here. It says, I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing. It says it twice. So say, absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing. There you go. Nothing. Listen to what it says. Living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low. Here we go right here. Thinkable or unthinkable. Here it is again. Absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Now, you know this is talking about Christ and the church, but according to Ephesians 5, the way love is supposed to be in marriage is as the love between Christ and the church. It's the agape love. It's the true love of God. And so this scripture could even say as the agape love for God between Christ and the church, it's the same way between a husband and a wife. We have to get to the point, you need to believe God, I am absolutely convinced that nothing, 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 there is nothing here today or tomorrow that will be able, absolutely nothing that will be able to get between us. That's what you've got to get concrete in your life and your heart. There are going to be a lot of things demonic there's gonna be a lot of things today tomorrow there's gonna to be a lot of things that could rise up against your marriage but you got to get to this point in this depth of love and commitment that there's absolutely nothing that's going to get between us because it says the way that jesus the way that jesus embraced us when you accepted that lady coming down that altar and lady you accepted that man when you came to the altar to meet him to get married you embraced him and you kissed him in front of heaven and before witnesses that you embraced him and that there was absolutely nothing going to get between y'all until death do you part. And we want to renew that love in, in you today. And you may be, you might have fought all the way up here, but there's still hope. We sang it today. There's still hope, and God wants to do a work in our lives. That word that speaks of a love that binds, it uses the example that there is nothing, and I put it in our terms, there is nothing that can snap the line. How many of you have ever went fishing and that line snapped and man, you had a good bite and it, it just broke on you, lost your good lure or something like that. You know, that's what that word there means is that it's a love that no, no weight or force can pop the line between the love between you and God. And I want to share this in Proverbs 29, 18, they use this scripture a lot. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The New King James Bible says, where there's no revelation, People cast off restraint. And we hear a lot of messages on a vision of our destiny, a vision of our future. We hear a lot of messages on our destiny and our future. But the, and we hear about vision. But this is the truth of the matter is, how about getting a vision for your marriage? If we don't have a revelation, a vision of what type of marriage God could give us, listen to this, we cast off restraint. Listen to what I'm saying here. Vision speaks of the future with the person you love. Vision speaks of a life ever after with that person that you love. But if you don't have a vision that God is able to heal the hurts, heal your marriage, give you a love for each other like you've never felt before, that God could do a miracle in your marriage, um, it's so easy to cast off restraint. And if you watch TV at all, there's a lot of crazy people on TV. There is no restraint. If I don't like you, I'll divorce you. 
If you get on my nerves, I'll divorce you. If you get on my nerves, I'll buy another house down the street and you and the kids will live in this house and I'll live on the other house. There are no restraints today. There's no commitment today because there no, there's no vision of what God intended for the house and life to be. But the very best of God is his law and that's what we have to, we have to see, amen. Now I wanna read a letter to you written by a little 13 year old boy. It was found at a camp and I came over it. And so I wanna read this love letter from this 13 year old boy as he writes his girlfriend. He says, my beautiful girl, I love you so freaking much, baby doll. Remember, wherever you go, you have a place in my heart and you will always have my heart. You are part of my family and I feel like I have grown into your family. I don't care if anyone tells us that we're not going to last because in my mind, I have big plans for us to go all the way through life together. 13 years old. And it's all this puppy love, but he's planning for the future. I know people say it won't happen, but I know we can do it, baby. I've never felt this way about anyone or anything before in my lifetime, 13 years old. And I know it's the best feeling and I'll never let you go. You know, I always, I'll always be here for you, baby, no matter what. And besides, we are already like a married couple today. I've grown so close to you in the last four months. I know we have a lifetime together, so I know I have tons to make up to you because of our bumpy start in our relationship. He didn't say what it was. But I know I can make it up to you. After the first time I asked you out, babe, my life was so changed. So I know I have met the girl of my dreams, 13 years old, that I need and want to spend the rest of my life with you. I need you, baby, and you know you have me. I'm totally committed to you. I can't wait to, gr to give you a promise ring. It's gonna be the bomb. I know we're gonna last forever and I know you love me so much. I'll never could fall in love with you. I never knew I could fall in love so young. You're so amazing. Listen to this. I'm so glad that God blessed the broken road that led me straight to you. <laughs> love you forever and don't forget about me. Don't forget you're most beautiful with a t-shirt, sweats and no makeup on. And I'll show you off to anyone any day that you're the best. I love you so much. You're man for life. And I put idiot. <laughs> but how many of you know that when you're young like that, you've got these visions and you've seen all these things. And so here's, uh, I'm not going to read it all to you, but this is one of Cindy's love letters to me over 30 years old. And uh, we got a box of them. But talking about destiny and future, listen to what she says. She says, Hi. My name is Cindy Cobb. She's about 15 here. I'm in love with Russell Layton Cobb. I hope someday to marry him. That's one of my biggest dreams. I want to spend the rest of my life for the glory of God. I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, and mind. That's who I am, Cindy Cobb. And I mean, from the very beginning, she always signed her name, Cindy Cobb. But I wrote her this one on the 10th of 1980. I was getting ready to go to Honduras. And, and listen to what I wrote to her. I said, uh, let me make sure I want to read to you everything here. Okay, here we go. I'll start here. Cindy, I love you, and I have, I have to love you, Cindy. And Cindy, I keep, I, I write, I wrote then just like I write now. And Cindy, I keep picturing you and I walking together in some foreign land with a bunch of kids following us saying they love us and thanking Jesus for sending us to them. 
Just think of all the souls waiting for us to be saved. Cindy, we're going to be so blessed, and I'm going to be so blessed with Jesus and you. Always there loving and encouraging me. Because Cindy missionaries are, are always affected about giving up, and uh, there seems like there's no breakthrough at times. But I'll always feel good when you encourage me. And so it goes on about, Cindy, I love you so much. But there we were back in 1980, dreaming of the mission field and winning souls together. And I can't tell you the orphanages and the feeding programs and the children, all these things we saw. But the thing about it is, is that our vision and our hearts, even when we were young, it was about not only being in love and the excitement about love and everything else, but it was about serving the Lord together. And so there was a standard that my wife and I had. Her parents, even though they weren't Christians uh, at the time, um, they, were, they were in love. It was love at first sight, and she saw what love at first sight can do. My parents were love at first sight, and, and I saw my parents have such a wonderful marriage. I had a great standard growing up to see what marriage can be like. That was my example. Many of you have not had the example in your homes. Many of you didn't grow up Today, what we see is Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, and Angelina Jolie. We see all these couples going back and forth, and in your home, you've gone through divorce, and you've gone from one house, one stepdad, one stepmother to another. You've gone from one way of living to one type of sitting around the table to another. Divorce has affected more than half of our population. And I'm not speaking down about divorced people, but I'm speaking about the results of it so that many times today we try to make a marriage work and we never had a living example growing up of how a marriage should work. That's what God wants to do in the church and something he wants to do in the marriage today is to bring us back and to show us what he can do with our life. Now there's something very interesting I want to share with you that I shared with my pastor and he was real excited about it. You know, John Maxwell teaches the, the law of the lid, which is if you want men to be a four and a five, you got to be a seven or an eight. And I started thinking, you know, every man wants a Proverbs 31 woman, but not every man wants to qualify to have a Proverbs 31 woman. The Bible says that the Proverbs 31 woman's husband sat in the gates, which means he was a, he rep, was a standard, he was a representative. He was a strong, godly man. And many times we want to wake up and boom, there's pastor preaching Proverbs 31 again. But teaching on Proverbs 31 won't make a Proverbs 31 woman, a godly man who is the head of his home, is going to qualify for a Proverbs 31 woman. We're called to be the head and we're called to be, everybody wants a 10. Well, I'll give you the answer to that. You be a 110 and she'll be a 10. You raise your level of being a husband and a man and she'll rise in another level of being a Proverbs 31 woman. We got to qualify for those things that we desire. We got to work hard at saying, you know what, well, this is what I desire. Well, how am I doing in the area of being able to raise up a person like that? Now look what it says here in the word of God. I know you love these scriptures, women. Ephesians 5.22, for wives, this means submit. Well, I see the fur on the back of your neck already. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Glory be to God. Don't you love this scripture, men? But wait. Yeah, yeah, but wait, wait. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. 
As the church submits to Christ, so your wives should submit to your husbands in everything. There's a vision right there to build a man. If I want a wife to submit to me, she's going to have to see Jesus in me to submit. I have to qualify to earn that respect. Look what it says in 525. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave up his life for her. Now, I'm talking to the singles and I'm talking to the teens too. Listen to this message today because I'm going to be talking a lot to y'all about some important areas. But it says we're to love our wives and that's what they'll be willing to submit to. Do you love your wife enough to die for her? Christ loved his church enough to die for the church. There's a sacrificial love that will win them. Now, I want you to see, here's the valentine from God. You know the scripture. Everybody say with me, love. So listen, do you know what wives will submit to? As Christ loved the church. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Does your mate know that you, that, that you love them? They will submit to love the love of Christ. What is that love? They will submit to a husband or a wife who endures long. I guess you say, well, that takes him out there. It's patient and kind. Love that you can submit to never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly. In other words, it's not Larry, the cable guy. Does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own right or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to the suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out because of absolute, becomes obsolete or becomes to an end. As far as prophecy and so forth and on, that will pass away, it says, but love will never pass away. What do you submit to? What qualifies you to have the type of husband you have a vision of to be able to restrain yourself and what type of vision of a woman do you have that you're able to restrain yourself and live this type of love that's what they can submit to it's not kicking our feet up bring me a glass of tea and quote Ephesians uh, 5.23 that's not the submission it's talking about it's talking about giving unto each other and loving each other I want you to say with this, with this with me, especially the singles and the college age and the young people, I want you to say this with me. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. Okay, don't settle for anything less than God's best. Don't settle for anything unless, don't settle for a man. He may have a six pack today and a keg tomorrow. I know what some women say. They say, you know what, I, I, Pastor, he is so funny. He makes me laugh. I could just live with him for the rest of his life. Listen, his jokes are going to get old. You can't build a marriage on jokes. 
You can't build a marriage on looks. How many of you know there's a law called gravity? <laughs> Things change. And so you've got to understand, he may look like James Bond, but how many of you know none of you want to be married to James Bond? That woman is a prostitute. Anyway, <laughs> we got to accept a man that is worthy, uh, uh, accept a woman that is worthy for dying for. Now, I want you to see this scripture here. It says, to make her holy and cleanse, clean, washed by the cleansing of the water of the word. Now, I found a Jewish ceremony in marriage. Now, you men are going to love this. You ladies too, probably, but listen, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so listen, I got a gift that won't cost you nothing. This is a Jewish tradition. The couple, the night that they're married and before their marriage is consummated, the new husband would take a sponge and wash his bride from the bridal basin. It was sponge bath. And as he would, you're getting nervous. I feel it. You're making me nervous. So calm down. I'm not going to go. I'm reading Jewish theology here. Anyway, as he would bathe her, he would speak words over her, and he would cleanse her from her past and give her hope of their future together. He would tell her that every part belonged to him from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and that he also belonged to her. As the groom would speak his words, he would cleanse his bride from her insecurities and other negative things that came from her parents, her past, or anyone else. And it was his responsibility to continue to cleanse his wife with the washing of the water of the word. <laughs> the washing by the cleansing of God's word is the word rhema which means the spoken word if we want a Proverbs 31 woman we have to be the type of kingly authority to be able to bathe our wives whether natural or in the spirit or in prayer and speak words over her even when she's not responding to what we are saying. How many of you respond to what I preach the very moment I preach it? But you come back and I continue to preach it and one day it kicks in and one day you start living it after you've heard it over a season. Well, a husband and a wife won't change just because they know what to do. Sometimes you got to speak it continually over them over and over and over again. And the tradition here, the word rhema was spoken here 26 times that you're supposed to speak the word of God over her and over yourself to wash and cleanse each other by the washing of the water of the word. So if your wife is going through insecurities or pain of her past or she feels like she's ugly or she feels like she's insignificant or she feels like she's stupid or she feels like anything that she may be telling you, you've got to start praising her, not in your thoughts. You can't tell her, well, baby, I always thought you were smart. Well, why didn't you tell me? That's the typical man's response right there. I thought it. Thinking it, don't cleanse me from nothing. You've got to speak it. And you know what's good about being a preacher? Is that I always give her a sponge bath because I spit at her. <laughs> I'm a preacher, so this just comes out. But anyway, you've got to learn to cleanse her and wash her by the washing of the word. So guess what? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Tomorrow, you, every husband here has to give his wife a washing and cleansing by the water of the word. 
Amen. Can I hear amen from the men? Oh, God, have mercy. Okay, ladies, can I hear an amen from you? <laughs> How many are married in here? Okay, well, the amen ought to be a little stronger than that. You mean all the rest of y'all are single? Okay, well, you better hear this message today then. You better hear this message today. Okay, let me go on. I want to show something to you here. Restrain. Watch your vision. I want to show you something here. I know you've heard this scripture before, but I felt God dropped it in my heart. Numbers 13, 33. Everybody we saw was huge. Why we even saw the giants and so forth and so on. Listen to what the last part says. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Without a vision of a godly man or a godly woman, we cast off restraint. What the world calls sexy is not sexy according to the Bible. It's not the most important part of sexy anyway. It says here, we felt, and I started thinking about that, the grasshopper mentality. We hear that preached so many times, but how many times does a young lady feel like a tramp? Feel like a plaything? Feel so insignificant? How many times does the girl feel like that and the boy looks at them that way. That's why I'm sharing you today. You better set your standards. Just because some man comes up to you quoting scripture and, and tries to come on to you. I tell you, sometimes I hear the singles meeting, got a new sister shows up, they look like a fish, they look like a cat staring at a goldfish in the bowl. And some of our brothers scare good sisters away because fresh meat, let's attack. Look like, I mean, you need to be a gentleman. You need to be Christ-like. They get hit on all the time at work. Why come to church and get hit on? Can I hear an amen? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing of men just being maniacs in the church and they don't feel safe. What you need to set your standard up for is Christ-likeness. And if they ever speak to you disrespectful, they don't get a second chance. It's cut off. You set your, you're worth more than that. You're, you don't need to think you're a grasshopper and marry some grasshopper jerk. You need to set yourself for something better. Don't belittle yourself and cheapen yourself. See yourself as the virgin bride of Jesus Christ. But if you don't have a vision of yourself being worthy of a great man or a great woman, you'll cast off restraint and you'll settle for anything that looks possible. You'll settle. You're a girl, I'm a guy, we're Christians, let's just, let's go ahead. No, 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 you'll be miserable and you won't last. How many times have we seen Christians get married and get divorced just as easily as the world do? You need to learn to set your standards high. Vision is to what you, what you see is what you'll become. Vision is beholding and becoming. And that's what my wife and I had. And that's that high standards that the world doesn't have. You can get these magazines you see when you go to the grocery store. The world's 50 or 60 or whatever, 12, whatever, sexiest people. They ain't worth the paper they're printed on. They got millions of dollars. They got a bunch of houses, airplanes, cars, and everything else. And they're all divorced, having affairs, 
homosexual, gay, lesbian, drunk, drugs, you name it. They have no standards because they have no vision. And if we're not careful, we'll accept those standards that, oh, yeah, I need a woman like that or I need a man like that. Well, I tell you what, you go ahead and get married when she's... And then a few years later... I hear these boys go around singing uh, Shakira, Shakira. Hips don't lie. But I tell you what, my wife's hips that spit out three kids are sexier any day than Shakira's hips. Why? Because you see, I don't mean that bad, I mean that good, you know. But as you get older and as you grow, you go to another level and you go to another layer of love. What the world sets the standard for sexy, and I'm going to show you an example here in a few minutes, and it's going to, it's going to stick to your mind. How the, what the world sex sets the standard for sexy is not the sexy that's going to make your marriage last. Thank God that you think your mate sexy and this and that and the other, but that's not what's going to make your marriage last. What's your standard for a mate? Hmm? Amen? Look at this. God wrote out the vision. This vis vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. See, the vision's always about what's coming. So you better look at that person as somebody to last a lifetime with. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, listen, singles, if, it seem, if he or she seems slow in coming, what does it say? Come on, let me hear it. Young people, if the, uh, that young boy, that young girl that you're waiting to sw sweep you off your feet, if they're slow in coming, what do you do? You don't settle. You don't settle. Get a vision of a high standard. Set your standards high and don't go down on them. Set your standards high. There's people that they love to be a part of the club. I married up. I don't believe in the club of I married up. I believe of going up and as I go up, I bring my mate up with me. I believe we grow together. I believe we flourish together. And it says, if it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. Can I hear a hallelujah? hallelujah. Somebody shout out, he's on his way. He's on his way. Shout, She's on her way. And it will come, look at this now, right on time. Can you give the Lord a hand, all your single people? Amen. It will come right on time. You may be here today. You say, you're feeling so sad. You know, I don't have anybody give me a rose tomorrow. I know I'm not going to get a card tomorrow. I'm not going to have a flower tomorrow. I'm going to wake up. It's going to be another single Valentine's Day all by myself. Wait. They're coming. Don't give up. I know it may hurt, and I, may, I know it may seem like it's taking a lifetime, but listen, whoever he or she is going to be, they're going to be worth the wait. Amen. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end by, I'm going to show you a video that as I was meditating on this and talking to my pastor about the standards that we saw growing up and the standards that's not seen today. Now, for the younger generation, they may think that this is gross because when you see old people kiss, you hear young people. I mean, that just this week, my wife and I, uh, we were uh, in our bedroom, but the door was open and Lance was in the kitchen. He goes, will y'all quit making out and come cook me something to eat? <laughs> and they think it's gross. And 
Even the other day, I got a text from Cindy and Jake was saying, y'all gross, y'all old people. But, but anyway, I want to show you a video and I don't ever want you to forget what you're about ready to see because this came into my heart. I felt, I felt led by the Holy Spirit. You brought it to my attention to get this video and I found these parts. And I want you to see this and I want to show you what true love, what true sexy, what we need to get back and what we have to have to make it. And I want you to see this and I want you to receive this. I am no one special, just a common man with common thoughts. I've led a common life. There are no monuments dedicated to me and my name will soon be forgotten. But in one respect, I've succeeded as gloriously as anyone who ever lived. Looking good, Duke. Feeling good. I've loved another with all my heart and soul. And for me, that has always been enough. Maybe it's a day for a miracle. Daddy, come home. Mama doesn't know us. She doesn't recognize you. She'll never understand. We miss you. This is crazy. You live in here? Yeah. You know, we'll all help with Mom. We, we can uh, take shifts visiting. Look, guys. That's my sweetheart in there. I'm not leaving her. This is my home now. Your mother is my home. I've never seen anything so beautiful. Neither have I. Shall we? Some grape juice? I'd love it. Ah, oh, so many pills. How sick are you? Well, sickness has become a relative term for me. I think of it now as more a general wearing out process. To you. It was us. It was us. Oh, it was darling. us. Oh, my sweetheart. Oh. I love you so much. Oh, my baby. Noah. I love you, Andrew. You just went away for a little while. How much time do we have? I'm not sure. Last time it was no more than five minutes. Okay. Hey. I brought along an old friend. I'll find you 
Give him a hand, please. Look at your mate, please, in the eyes. I was thanking God for our staff. Not only have my wife and I had the honor of seeing a standard of marriage, but Brother Jake and Sister Sherry both have seen a standard of marriage in their parents. Brother Shane David and his wife have seen that in their marriage. And even his secretary, Sister Cindy, has seen it in their parents' marriage of over 51 years. I thank God for what the staff represents. And I believe each and every one of you represent, and I believe what each and every one of your marriages represent. And yes, if you're here and your husband's off to work, if you're married out there and, and you're here but your mate's not here, you can stand in proxy for them. You can stand in proxy for them, yes. And then we're going to repeat these vows to each other. So let's repeat this. Here, here it is up here. 
I promise to cherish you all of my life. I will seek to meet all of your needs in every way possible. I will be faithful to you above all others. I will seek to demonstrate the love of Christ to you. All that I have or ever hope to have, I give to you as my life partner. I receive you as my special mate, a special gift from God. I promise to keep my promises in the name of Jesus. And men, you may kiss your brides. We still got it, guys. Hallelujah. Wow. In your bulletins is an insert with today's date and a little cartoon there. It's a Valentine card for you to bring home and also for you to bring and remember that you renewed your vows on this day. Now, if you want to do something fancy, we can do fancy stuff for you too. But this is just something we wanted to do collectively as the body of Christ. But this is good, isn't it? Amen. Don't forget to wash each other with the washing of the water of the word. And man, if you forgot about Valentine's Day, CVS and Walgreens are open late. And you may return to your seats. Thank you very much. Let's give them a big hand as they go back. Hallelujah. Wow, this was awesome, wasn't it? Aren't you glad you came today? What a great Valentine's Day. You see, this is the insert I was talking about. Make sure you get a bulletin and pull out the insert for today and you bring that home. That, that's for you to keep. It says that you renewed your vows and it has a place for you to put your name and today's date. So this is your little certificate reminder of just a, a vow renewal today. So you keep this and, and all your precious stuff. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every high closed as we get ready to close. We cannot close without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus if you do not have him. The most important thing that we can do in any service is offer you the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to give you the possibility to be able to become the bride of the groom, Jesus Christ, to be married with him and live with him forever in eternity. That can only happen through accepting him as Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, would you please raise your hand right there where you are? Would you say, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to surrender to him. Raise your hand. And if there's anybody here, maybe you've accepted him, but you've gone away from him and you want to give your life. You want to come back. You want to renew your relationship with him. Just raise your hand right there where you are. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? You know you need to come back to him and restore your relationship with him. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? He's the highest standard for all things. He's the healer of all your hurts, of all your wounds. He's the rescuer from any form of destruction. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? Anyone else? Would you raise your hand? Young lady, would you come and let me pray with you, please? There was one young lady who raised her hand. Would you come let me pray with you? Anyone else? Anyone else today? Anyone else? 
What a special day to tell Jesus that you love him and you want to give your life to him. Would you please come? I tell you, would you just stand and let's pray this prayer together. We'll get ready to dismiss. Just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me your son, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I invite you, Jesus, into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Did you pray that, sweetie? You did? God bless you. Thank you for coming. That took a lot of faith, but God saw that and he received that. And you're born again. They'll be ministering to you and and giving you some information. Well, listen, don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, we'll be here. We love you. We bless you. Tell somebody that you love them. Brother Jake, go ahead and dismiss us, sir. Wasn't that an awesome service today? This want to invite you to come back tonight and be a part of uh, just worshiping with us. We're going to be uh, running some tests on some of our recording equipment, so we want to invite you to come back. We're getting ready for the night of worship in March, so we just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this awesome day to be get gathered together with this family of believers. God, I just pray that, Father, your hand would be on each person, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what was established today in marriages, in homes, in lives, but God, also, we lift up all those, Father, that... Father, may be going through a rough time of loneliness, Lord. I just pray that you would comfort them. Let your peace overwhelm them. Let your love surround them as they leave today, Lord. Bring everyone back safely tonight. Let them have an awesome week and a great Valentine's Day tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.